Travis and Gable are a dyad in the luminaries. The and the luminaries are we're a polycule. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying more Star Wars things. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say, why does that make me angry? <laughs> so huh. I th- <laughs> I'm triggered in some way. I feel mad, man. My mom called me today, like upset about Star Wars, like for real. <laughs> That's, That's great. so funny. She was like, "What about all the stuff that happened on the casino planet? What about all? What? Uh, what about those little children at the end? What are they going to do with those?" And I was like, "Yeah, mom, you're right. I want Some that kids. kid, that child, broom boy, <laughs> broom boy." <laughs> So Jonnet takes off out of the captain's quarters. Um, he's going to make a beeline for the furnace real quick. Just to who who's attending the furnace? Let me pull a luminary for that. The maiden. So I think Jane is probably tending the furnace. Okay. Jane, Jane. Uh, yeah. We're not trying to fight our descent anymore. Okay. We're just going to ride it out. We're going to, we're making an emergency landing. Uh, okay, gotcha. Uh, so I will work on maintaining, are we doing a slow decline or a sharp decline? Uh, well, we don't really know yet. Uh, the list is kind of happening faster than we expected. So let's go with a good old fashioned middle of the road. I will keep our course. I'll just wait for the captain's call. Thanks, kid. It might come from one of us. It's not the captain, but I love your enthusiasm. And then he runs up to the wheel. Yeah, I think right now probably no dose is on the helm. I had an idea. Oh, yes. It might need, needs be, might needs be. It might be very cloudy. Would it make sense to have two birds guiding like headlights down? for Jonnet to like follow like we have like little lamps to help guide the ship down so i i really like that idea my i think travis should be coming with me yeah oh good good that's perfect that solves it that's exactly what it has to be (laughs) so yeah there's so much rain and and just so much thick heavy mist that you can barely see at all John, at first, you arrive at the helm, and Nodos is there. Water is beating down on him. Nodos is like a pretty tall, gangly guy, so he is bracing himself right now with with uh, a rope draped off one of the lines, really struggling to maintain his balance. Janet runs up to him. A change of plans, Indy. He takes the bandana off. Oh. And then he's like, uh, "You mind if I uh, you mind if I cut in?" So taking the bandana off, I've got a question. I mean, it is raining right now, so it could have weighed down your hair. Are you exposing your eye to nodos? No. Okay. Right so, now, so it's just the the bandana is off, and I'm I'm just kind of like asking to cut in and have some space. The captain has ordered this. The captain has ordered that I am to be at the wheel. Nodos eyes you for a hard second and then looks like he comes to a decision. So it is. And he'll step away. He'll take his spear and plant it in the ground uh, so that he can like watch over you uh, while you're doing this. All right. Do me a favor and keep your head up, okay? Just make sure that those birds are flying and giving us some light, okay? Birds. And then I feel like at that moment, the birds like swoop by him. Let's cut over to Gable and Travis, who have, like, Gable, what, what do you Grab, say to Travis to get him, him by to... by the scruff and is just pulling him. 
<laughs> Pulling him down. Oh, down to the uh, there's no need. There is no need. Get on. I like that Gable has, like, are you dragging him or are you holding him up? I I feel like Gable is physically powerful enough to do either. Uh, I love the image of Travis as, like, a little kitty cat just being held up by by his coat. Like a little baby. So, just so rude to me. And honestly, it's uncalled. Well, I. Sometimes it's nice to. You know, be carried around. <laughs> you could be nicer about it. Yeah, I feel I like there's a little bit of a struggle at first, but he kind of relaxes into it. Uh, well, you know, when you pick up a cat by the scruff of its neck, they just like go like limp. They just yeah. <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> very resigned to it. You've bested me. <laughs> and I think what we have for the birds, we have like a particular harness that has a lamp on like a pretty stiff Ooh. piece of metal that like bounces, but it like it's specifically for bird riding at night. You're not supposed to use it all that much because it doesn't provide that much light, but there we need to outfit two of the birds with that harness with a little lamp. That's really cool. So You've brought Travis down to to this lower deck, and I think you're rigging up the birds. Travis, do you know what to do? I think so. I think so. Yeah, so, but so I'm not happy about it. <laughs> None of us are really. I like the idea. Yeah, you're, you're rigging up these birds in parallel. Um, I, I I think yeah, continuing this conversation about rudeness and how about how you're being treated in this situation. After after all I've done for you, what have you done? I've, uh, you know, I that the oh, ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, can't never think. Oh, huh, I helped, huh. I helped you win the mm-hmm. bird thing at the last place. That's because the you bird liked thing it. at the last place. Sure, whatever. Do you feel and, like you can do this? Can you ride this bird? Yeah, I look. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Of all of the people here, I'm the only one who is a bird. So. You know, I think I can ride a bird just the same way that, uh, you know, you could probably ride a a big idiot. (laughs) You are the worst person I know. Well, good thing, good thing, half the time, I'm not a person. So (laughs) Gable Gable, jumped under the bench. Kicks open, kicks open. And I think it is much more difficult for you to open uh, these like gates for the birds, the hatch. I think you really, really have to kick it very forcefully to open oops. it up. That's a big hmm. oops from me. Oops. Uh, so question, who is riding which bird? I will be riding the best one. Which so Gable's got Metatron and are you going to take Lucas or Flea? Lucas. Don't do that to him. <laughs> He's too big. Peacock. Good. We'll take the yeah. beautiful boy out. Why? It's too during rainy. A, during a storm? I really like the idea. One of the things that we've said about Lucas is that Lucas really likes to think that he's a warbird. Yeah. So yeah. I Poor think guy. Flea is kind of a baby and doesn't like the rain. But Lucas, <laughs> Lucas is ready. Lucas always thinks he can handle it. I think Lucas and Travis are kind of kindred spirits. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Travis, you don't have the advantage of Gable's titanic strength. Uh, so I want to know how you're getting your gate open. Lucas, could you open the gate, please? Uh, what role would this be? Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm gonna ask the captain I don't fucking to do know. It. Roll? Oh, you're you gonna can ask... ask the captain to do it. That's you right. Yeah. Down. Oh, yeah. I think he followed us. He's Aww. worried about me. Uh, he doesn't. I mean, honestly, Johnny, like you're not far enough away that you couldn't command the captain mm-hmm. to come down to the lower deck. Yeah, I'm going to do that. That's radical. Um, and if you make contact with the heart, 
a few minutes later, like I think we'll cut to the captain who's out the window and like suddenly looks up to attention. He bursts through the door very confidently and walks out onto the ship, like into the interior of the ship and starts pushing past people as quickly as he can. He's like throwing people aside. I think uh, we see, we see Pliff who is still like kind of getting over the rope earlier, like looking a little oozy, a uh, little woozy. <laughs> and he just like throws Pliff out of the way uh, and onto uh, somebody like, like Daisy and Fuentes have uh, hammocks in the ship that are very close to one another. And Pliff gets thrown on top of them and kind of tangled up in both of their hammocks. And he's going to have problems with that later, for sure. A wonderful um, slash fiction was born. Mm, uh, <laughs> but the captain uh, makes his way down to the lower deck. And as soon as he enters the room, like there is an aura and authority that he carries that even in this tense situation where the ship is listing and suddenly everybody is to attention and moving to whatever lines they can uh, and perhaps some uh, more morose soul are like trying to get their things in order and preparing for a crash. The captain enters the room and everybody who is on the lowest level with the birds looks and sees that the captain is out. The captain confidently strides over to uh, the gate uh, the, the, that is in front of Lucas and like easily pushes it open there is a mighty crack and you can see huge pieces of the cement left over from the skamalik just fall off into the mist thank you captain i appreciate your help the captain wins <laughs> uh all right lucas let's uh let's do it yeah. <laughs> we both did it <laughs> <laughs> You did it, uh, I so did it, Lucas, and then Casey's going to put another sound effect on top of it. <laughs> yeah, and Casey, remember uh, can, when Casey, you Casey, can in... you go ahead and put this in? <laughs> Thank you, Casey. Thank oh, you. Well, I'll when do one, too. In... Oh, yeah, well... Johnny. <laughs> good, cool. good. So you've okay. got a lot of options, Casey, and remember to pitch down any bird sounds that we insert into the show because they're really big birds. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's fly. <laughs> ah, Baritone Barry, of course, All is doing birdie. his thing. Uh, so Lucas and Metatron pierce the mist surrounding the ship, and there are chaotic winds whipping around them. Gable, I feel like you're very comfortable and at home in this situation. Travis, this situation is inideal. But really what I want to focus on first is at the helm with Jonnet. Jonnet, I need you to make a star watching check. Okay. At this point, I would like Jonnet to open his eye. I feel like in the time since Bougenith, he's got to have been like practicing, like finding his center practicing opening up the eye. Um, I want to see if he can uh, put that to good use. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I added an ability to the game for you. Uh, oh, hello. For this uh, star watching and uh, specifically opening your eye. So you now have an ability called See the Path. Uh, your connection Ooh. to the divine allows you to examine the structure of the universe and contemplate the results of your actions with perfect clarity. Once you have control, you can spend an amount of strain equal to the significance of your task to open your eye and observe the universe in full detail and splendor. This will enable you to use unfamiliar skills and or add a bonus to a check that you are attempting. So, you have been star watching, contemplating this navigation for a while. I think you're in a tense, life-threatening situation. While you don't have full control over your eye, I think you have enough, and especially because it's an important moment, I do think your eye will open for you. Uh, okay. I am going to say it will take you four strain to upgrade this check. Okay, so taking that four strain and upgrading that. Jonathan's on the wheel. 
he like looks up at the sky and of course he can't really see anything because it's super cloudy. So he closes his eyes and then he opens up his third eye. We see his view again. And instead of clouds, it's like complete, like a dark starry sky in like perfect view. And he's using that to sort of cross-reference like where he is in relation to what he remembers from the map and guide him to. That rules. That rules. Yeah. You're like seeing the stars above you and like the geometric divine will of the universe around you simulating the experience of your own presence, seeing a world that is otherwise obscured. That's incredibly dope. Please roll that check. If you've upgraded it, your check is going to be two yellow dice and a green die. And I think it's going to be hard. So three purples. Cool. And as this is happening, Janet has started to key into the things that were going on in Bujanith that may have triggered him. So he's trying to like keep a little bit of a rhythm. He's got the the helm with both hands but with his left foot he's kind of like tapping out like a basic rhythm to just like ground himself to oh, two yellow great. a green and three purple three purple yeah great yeah yeah okay that is three successes and one threat okay so i think you know which way to go and you know the amount of coal that the the ship needs. Uh, The only problem is right now, especially because what you've done with closing your eyes and relying on your third eye has made it so that the lights in front of the ship are going to be less necessary. Okay. I think that one of the guide sails on the side of the ship is stuck. Hmm. Okay. So I think you are going to be successful in this. Like you turn the wheel and the ship doesn't pull out of the list in the way that it needs to. In fact, it's drifting in the wrong direction and you're trying to compensate. But you know, like the information just comes to you that the guide sail is jammed and people are going to have to clear it or compensate for it. Thankfully, you happen to have two people out on birds in front of the ship right now, providing lanterns that Jonnet doesn't really need. I think through like his closed regular eyes and like with his closed eyes still concentrating, he yells back to uh, Nodos, "Hey, Andy, uh, we've got a guide sail that's uh, that's giving us some trouble. Can you signal to Travis and Gable to free it up?" Nodos nods, and I think he'll spring over the railing of the ship down onto the main deck and run towards the front of the ship uh, where there are some guide lanterns set up, hooded lanterns. Uh, with with mirrored plate backs and he is going to flick and like opening and closing the lid to signal to Gable and Travis that something is amiss. Um, who uh, among you two notices the signal first? Should we roll for it? Uh, I mean, we can. We can roll vigilance. Let's do that because I think it could feasibly be either of us. I I I, I think so too. So my vigilance is not great, though. Mine is also not great. Uh, are we just rolling against each other or like the... Yeah, I think you're just rolling it? against each other kind of like initiative. Just... Oh, okay. I got, I got blank. I got four advantages. I got nothing. <laughs> I got a rock. Okay. Uh, so I, I think what happens, Gable is very focused on trying to float their bird up and keep it visible in all of this chaos because like in Gable's mind, they are guiding this ship and their job is to be as visible to Jonnet as possible. Um, mm-hmm. That's a lot of you not looking at the rest of the ship and just trying to maintain a stable altitude as you can. Mm-hmm. Travis I think you just hate this situation and you're so full of hate You're and you're just trying to concentrate on how much you hate it, which does mean like occasionally you were looking back to just shoot 
a, you know, a disdainful look at the ship behind you <laughs> and you do notice the signal. And I'm going to rule that pretty much everybody understands basic ship signals. Uh, so we don't <laughs> have to worry about yeah. everybody being a big himbo about everything. <laughs> so yeah, you, you look back and y- there is a problem that's going uh, on one of the guide sails. What do you do? Gable. What? I'm going to go fix the sail. What? I'm going to go fix the sail. (laughs) Shut up. Lucas, let's go fix the sail. Ah. (laughs) Gotta pitch it down. (laughs) Show thing, baby. (laughs) Uh, I think Travis will fix it, and then maybe also use this as an opportunity to just kind of get back on on the ship. Mm. (laughs) Okay, that could be more life-threatening than you think it is. Great. So that is going to be a riding check. Okay. Boy, really, really uh, making me wear out these dice. You've rolled more now, I think, than you ever have in all of this campaign and Star Wars campaign combined. (laughs) Uh, How hard is this? Four times. (laughs) I I think this this is three purple. Okay. Hmm. Well, well, well. That is one advantage. Just one advantage. Bazinga. I think this is a serious problem. You go (laughs) and look at the guide sail, and you can see that the heavy fungus has grown up the side of the ship and started, like, intermingled with some of the pulleys on the guide sail. Uh, So it's going to take a lot of up close work to free them. I think if you were to simply attach a rope to this guide sail, then you would, you'd be able to pull it and, and move it, but you'd have to basically ride down with it and keep it moving in turn with the rest of the ship. Alternatively, you could jump off Lucas and pull out a knife or something and try and chip away at the Skamalik that has attached itself. What would those two checks be? One would be riding, I assume. Yes, one would be riding, and the other would... Debarnacling? Yeah, the debarnacling skill that's always been a part of this game... I have um, eight yellow in debarnacling. <laughs> I think it's either athletics or coordination to, because essentially you'd then be jumping onto the lines of the ship. I'm going to go with coordination because Papa's coordinated. I mean, that's the thing a wild hero would do. So that's extremely cool. And I encourage you to do it. Hmm. What's the difficulty here? Difficulty here, I, I'm still going to make it hard. So it's going to be purple, three purple. Okay. Thank you for your patience. One success and three threats. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think you are able to pull Lucas up to the side of the ship and describe for me the moment when Travis jumps off of this bird and onto the lines of the ship. I think Travis is honestly used to doing this sort of thing and I think he's a little more comfortable with it than most people because more than once I think he has jumped off of the ship as a man when he knows he's about to turn into a bird. Oh, yeah. Mm. So he's not, like, afraid of this sort of thing. Even though he's not about to turn into a bird, He he's just not afraid. And, um, yeah, so he, I think he, like, leans down and says, okay, I'm going to take care of this. You go back out uh, with your dad and your brother and, uh, you know, finish up that. And if I, if I need you, I'll... I'll call you, okay? And hey. Ah. I know oh. that Debra. Okay. I know. <laughs> I know it sucks. This is this is not ideal for any of us, especially not someone like you or I. But when we're done, we'll we'll get nice and warm. We'll curl up by the fire and we'll have a nice a nice time. Okay? Take care. 
and then he kind of pats him on the on the side. You know, you know how you like kind of will slap like a horse or a yeah yeah. He does he does one of those Get a little thunks uh, of a friendly horse slap. Yeah, and uh, jumps off and like on the way down, just kind of grabs the rope and uh, slides down. And kind of repels down the um the like mast or whatever to like the spot where he'll need to start. Yeah, I, I think I think you you jump down onto the lines that are extending onto the guide sails, and you grab the guideline, and then you slide down to some of the lines that make up the mechanic of the mechanics of this complex device. And as you land on them, you can see Skamalik cement just like crust off, and it's blown away. Uh, you see that there is lots of thick, thick Skamalik everywhere around you um, and then you realize the thing that uh, you remember the thing that was not important to you but the thing that you liked that you left behind in Bujanith was a knife oh. Oh. Mm, come that's on. your threat <laughs> no alright <laughs> what you gonna do now dummy I need to carve little... your name. Wipe to carve your name in every booth and every bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, goodness. His fingers. Um, His little fingers. I would like to entreat a luminary, please. Uh, oh. Absolutely. This rules. The if you're going to make me play the game, I'm going to play the fucking game. Oh, God. <laughs> we should have made him play the it. game a long time ago. He's <laughs> playing more game per game than any of us. <laughs> My GPG is through G-P-G. the roof. <laughs> this is this is Johnny's playingest arc so far. It's James. Welcome to the mid-roll. I sure hope you're enjoying this week's episode because honestly, I don't know what's in it. I want everyone to give a big thanks to Casey Tony for assembling this episode, the episode before and next week's episode because right now I am on vacation. Before we get back to the action, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Ewan Goodfield. Thank you so much. How Talt Wood. <laughs> thank you very much. Heather Ann West. Thank you so much. Furious Mango, thank you. Zach Fonville, thank you very much. Joshua Fairies, thank you. Tevis Westoby, thank you very much. David L. Quinton, thank you so much. Andrew Blair, thank you. Corey Michael Lee, thank you. Jules Petraka, thank you so much. Noah, thank you very much. Scott Anderson, thank you. Gregory Kugel, thank you very much. And Zachary Salas, Thank you. Thanks again to all of our supporters on Patreon. Without you, we wouldn't be able to make this show. And folks, I love making this show. Remember, right now, if you are one of our $5 or more backers, you're getting the special Skyjack side series treat of Blimpjacks, a little something we cooked up with the folks over at System Mastery, combining Skyjacks and Blimpleggers. If you haven't already, you should definitely check it out. The first episode is free to everyone, but the rest of the series is only available in the Secret Archive. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Let's see. And the luminary that we pull is the butcher. Oofa doofa. Butch, butch. Uh, So this uh, intruding luminary in this way, asking uh, that luminary to intercede on your fate, uh, you, I think, will be able to do it. uh, But it has to go somewhat in the way of uh, the luminary's, like, own designs here. So let me pull up the butcher's themes, even though we, we kind of already know a lot about their themes. Good meats, 
Fresh mm-hmm. Eats, the butcher. <laughs> Violence, dread, and misfortune. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, how do you make this, I guess, violent? What time is it now? We started this, I, I will say, late afternoon. Whatever choices you make, you're going to have to live with for at least a couple of hours. Can I... Tell me if this is weird. Mm-hmm. Can I try to force myself to change into either a bird because I could like peck and scratch at it or like a coyote because I, but I don't think a coyote could maneuver as well as the bird to like get up in the mix, but a coyote could also bite and, and uh, scratch and stuff. I really, really like this. Because you're part, I guess what you're asking is if you can become a middle anamorphs cover. Oh, oh wow. wow. That's not what I was thinking, but that's even better. Yeah. <sighs> oh, like just pause. Oh, no. Or just Ooh, claws. That kind of opens up like a oh. cool skill set of like halfway Travis. I, I think. Doghead man. Doghead man. <laughs> I think if it happens, though, I. It's 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 painful because the oh, transformation ooh. is painful. But like being stuck like that, I think that there's like the 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 struggle of having to like stay in between. I think is like painful and draining. Yeah, it's also I, just like well, well, I mean, like the process is the most painful part, and to stop halfway mm-hmm. through the process, like your body hasn't corrected itself to the point where it's not agonizing. So here's how I think I'm going to rule this and the way this works, because this opens up a lot of cool possibilities and I think will actually help us solidify some of these luminary mechanics. Travis, you are a person who's actually very in touch with the luminaries, these forces and stories that guide the world of sphere. I think you know, kind of instinctually, which luminaries are listening to you when. Uh, So you get in this situation where you realize your knife has been left behind and you cast out to see which luminaries are listening and the butcher is. The butcher is an incredibly unpleasant luminary to deal with and you essentially, in order to have the butcher bless this moment and and help you do something that you've never done before in your life, you're going to have to offer a prayer to them. And a prayer to the butcher, I I think it is a nasty, hateful, violent thing. Um, Pray to the butcher. Pray to the butcher. What is your offering to the butcher? What is your prayer to the butcher? And I think that will allow you to make the role that you're going to need in order to do this wild thing. Well, I feel like it would be not necessarily like a verbal prayer so much as like the the butcher wants an act of violence, I think. I, I believe so as well, yeah. Um, is it... Because I'm trying to think of like where I am and I'm like up in the rigging and stuff, right? Well, you're not up in the rigging. So imagine this is a guide sail. So you're actually on the side of the ship. Uh, okay. The way sky ships navigate, part of it is uh, these mm. little fins that are on the side of the ship. Uh, so you're hanging off the side of the ship on the lines attached to one of these little fins. I'm trying to think of like, what, there's not there's not a lot near me. Can I call Lucas back? I think so. I want Lucas to like peck at me or claw at me. Like I want Lucas to wound me somehow. Yeah. I think you can do that. I I think maybe like you've jumped down onto the lines and instead of moving back forward, Lucas, uh, let's say Lucas doesn't have as much confidence in you. Yeah. Lucas definitely didn't leave. Absolutely not. (laughs) Lucas (laughs) is like, I'm going to wait for this idiot to fall down so I can save them. (laughs) Fair enough. 
So Lucas is there watching you, and I'm going to say, uh, I may regret this sentence later. Travis has a bit of a way with animals. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> we've yeah. seen that uh, already a little bit in, in Bougenith, uh with Ferdinand. So I think you can probably communicate to Lucas what you need from him. I want him to injure me in a way that is gruesome enough without being sort of problematic or triggering (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah well what we'll do then is we will have a like there's this moment of eye contact between you and lucas can he peck my eyes out oofa doofa Mm. i I think Well, I think uh, that does borderline on the problematic and triggering area. um, We we can. I think we're just an eyeball podcast. Yeah, we've already had that uh, warning so many times at the top of different episodes. What's another episode to do? Or you know, the only other thing is like. Birds got spurs. You know, like Lucas might be like have metal spurs. Yeah, so as I like mean, a Lucas could weapon. Th- there are a lot of different things uh, that that could happen. Like, I Is, don't think it's bad, depending on how we handle. It. Like, we we just have to not linger on it. Uh, the right. other thing that we could do is he Travis needs to be injured in a way that also is not going to hurt his ability to continue climbing on these lines. Though another thing is you're going to be replacing one of your parts with an animal yep. part. You could just grow in the animal part super quick. So what I yeah, so that that's what I was just gonna say is what if Lucas like claws off one of my hands or arms and yeah, then the absolutely. animal part grows in that. Oh, so you have to lose it before you wow, okay. It's a prayer oh. to the butcher. This is yeah. probably oh. yeah. the reason that Travis has never tried this before. <laughs> <laughs> um so do I want do I want a puppy hand or um Maybe, uh, what's the most effective tool that I could have? Talons. Talons, I think, could be very effective. Honestly, I think a coyote paw wouldn't be bad. They're good diggers, right? I think they dig up rabbit warrens and whatnot. How can I climb with just one non, with, because a talon I could grip with. I can't really grip with a coyote paw. Or are we getting two in the weeds right now? Well, it, because it is like an anamorph thing, it doesn't need to be like the proper talon, you know? It could be like a mm. gross mix of man and beast. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's get coyote hand in there. I'm not a coyote too often. And we just got, I'm done with birds. Birds are, birds are canceled. <laughs> 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 I'm a different uh, bird and that bird's a coyote. So yeah, you've offered a prayer to the butcher and you're sacrificing an arm to do it. I don't think we need a primal role for this. I, I think enough has been done in this mm-hmm. circumstance. So <laughs> there's there's a moment where you make eye contact with Lucas. And I think it's of a different quality than even the other circumstances that you talk to Lucas. You're connecting with Lucas on a way that only animal to animal could really understand. Um, Mm -hmm. And there is Lucas, like, I I think maybe their posture changes, like something about him, like he understands what you need him to do. And there's like a calmness that overtakes the bird. And I think we zoom out uh, or no, no, we, we, we just get a different angle and lightning flashes and we can see a silhouette of a bird, you know, reaching its head towards Travis and, and grabbing that arm and its powerful beak. And there's probably a scream that accompanies it. And then that scream continues as Travis slowly in place of your limb you grow the mutated combination of a human hand and a coyote's paw. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, God, the fingers. Yeah. Yeah, they're like really long, like, like paw fingers. Ugh. Oh. Oh. Jonathan, 
I think we come to a point where, like, after a couple harrowing minutes of navigating in this weather, like, uh, with the guide sail finally, like, opening itself up in the right way, the listing stops, but the storm is growing more and more intense. You can either see or feel, uh, depending on which set of eyes you're using, Gable struggling to keep Metatron stable in the churn of this storm ahead of you. Um, You also, I think, just because your eye is open and in tune with the universe, you feel a tremendous amount of pain off of Travis. You can't leave your post, but I, I think like that knowledge might trouble you. And so you need to find another solution. You get the feeling deep within yourself that you can cast a divine spell right now, and it might be able to change your circumstances, but you'll need help to do it. I just want you to describe for me how you reach out to Gable to get this help. Yeah, so I think before, Jonnet has been like seeing like a clear sky and he's only kind of been focused on I think earlier in the show we've just established how when he connects to the divine light he has this access to like seeing the vectors of like where things are going within the world and getting insight into like oh I should follow this yellow line that's going to take me the best route possible for this um so he's been kind of focusing on like the vector of like the ship in its entirety which is kind of daunting but I think in the revelation that he's had like having this sudden feeling of feeling Metatron kind of falter feeling Travis do something I'm not even sure Jonnet knows exactly what's going on with Travis he just knows it's painful all of a sudden a vector just kind of pops up from Jonnet's eye to Gable and in this moment he just knows exactly what to do in that he just reaches up and grabs it with his hand. And I think in doing that, he like connects himself to Gable in a split second and transfers the message that he's trying to get across. Yeah, yeah. And now we've established that this divine light is a two-way street of some kind. I don't know. I, I Yeah, I think it's not like a direct message, but okay. it's an instinctual connection yeah. that is between the two of you where I think Gable will be aware of your presence and thoughts, though they might not be super clear. And for the convenience of this scene, I think they'll be able to coordinate with you. Essentially what I need from the two of you is a divine check. Um, so it's going to take two strain from each of you. Is there um, uh sorry, is there a way to like make this even because I think this is super dope, but I don't want it to like, I'm wondering if like, is it too thought out already? Could it be more rough of just like impulses of like left, right, or something's wrong? Oh yeah, sure, sure. We we can definitely do something like that. Um, yeah. Is this divine magic or divine knowledge or? Uh, divine magic. And I, I think Gable will have actually Gable roll the check, um, but you'll both need to to spend strain for it. What's the difficulty? How many uh, again? is going to be hard. So that's three? Yes. And you have the option at this point of either entreating a luminary, which we've now, I think, solidified the mechanics of you potentially having to uh, submit prayers to luminaries, which I truly, truly love, or making some kind of sacrifice, either physical by spending blood or more abstract, uh, like the things that we've seen Jonnet and Gable do with Gable's hair and Jonnet's entire memory of hip. Um, but you, you said that I'm doing the check. You're going to be doing the check. Uh, I'm just offering you the chance to upgrade. If you feel like there, you might not make it. I don't the thing is, like story-wise, I don't think Gable knows what's happening. Exactly. So I don't, I don't That's think why there's it's any hard. reason why they would in, entreat any anything. I don't think it makes sense. That's fair. They're just receiving something, and also I've bumped up to four, rank four on divine. Oh so, Jesus! Okay, yeah, wow. yeah you're going to be fine. We'll see. <laughs> 
Do I have chance to take a bio break for like a second? Yeah, you, okay. you can you can take a quick bio. I'll mute it so you can't hear, but Casey will still hear. Good. Yeah. Oh, I like this. <laughs> this is a complete wash. Nope, it's a failure. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's worse. Nope. Okay. Uh so so it's it's one failure is the result of the check. A failure, yes. Okay. Gable for a minute you feel this connection and it's a it, it gives you like prickles of phantom limb on the wings you no longer have. Uh mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable, like they're twitching or flapping. And I think instead of moving into it, like this spell requires you reject it. And because the spell is going to fail, I I think you've lost the strain from it. Gable, physically, you feel very uncomfortable. Jonnet, you feel the drain of having not been able to cast the spell. But Mm -hmm. you also know that if the spell is not cast, your ship is in for a world of trouble. So, uh, Jonnet, I think at this point, you have the ability to entreat a luminary to try and gain success, but it is going to take a real prayer from you in order to do it. Then I'm going to get on both knees and I'm going to put my hands together and I'm going to offer a prayer to luminary. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) All right, all right. And I have pulled the river. So... The river, uh, I, I think, is a pretty good thematic match for this scene generally, as it is about uh, steep rewards uh, that you have to go through a lot of trial in order to claim. The river's themes are destruction, challenge, and separation. So it doesn't have to be now, but you can offer, you're, you're offering the luminary, the, this luminary a prayer. Uh, so you are going to have to do something in line with the river's demands and themes. What do you think you're going to do? Or do you go, I'll do anything in order for the spell to work. We'll have the spell work and we'll come back to you later and see what that prayer is. Real quick, just remind me, I'm trying to get Gable to... Well, you you were trying to get Gable to cast a spell for you. Right. That like you're like I don't have the ability to cast this spell, um, but you tried to create a connection to Gable. It didn't quite work. Uh, right. Gable was like someone's trying to control my body, or yeah. I've got yeah. a weird yeah. feeling. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. Um, and so the spell didn't work, which means now it's all on your shoulders because you know you see the paths and lines of the universe that if this spell is not cast. The ship is in real danger. Okay. What is, what's the main like threat? Are we, we're not listing as much. Are we about to hit something? Yeah. You like, it could be that bad. Like the, the winds and storm has really picked up in a big, severe way. You can see Gable is already kind of struggling to control Metatron. People could be blown from the deck of the ship. The ship could crash into a mountain or something and be severely damaged. Uh, You really can't see too much of the world around you. So I think you see a lot of potential ill fates. Gotcha. So we don't we don't know the concrete threat, but we just know that it's going to be bad. You know All there right. are enough threats out there that this spell would drastically reduce the number of those threats. Okay, we'll 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 figure it out in post. I will I will plead to the river to guide us to safety, and I will ask the river to name their price. God, I love that. Cool. I have to add that to my notes because gotta make this a big fucking deal. <laughs> Good In the past, we've allowed luminaries to just overturn results, which is fine, but there should be more of a game mechanic to it. And folks, I like this. John folks, opposed the games, river. big fan. Love to game. So, Jonnet. You feel like I think your eye bursts open wider, basically as wide as it felt when the Mariner uh, was fighting you. Mm -hmm. Um, And you feel this connection to the universe. And for a short period, you understand 
on a very deep level that you are part of the universe. Uh, you're part of this large divine organism and much like the way you control your fingers and toes or the eye on your forehead, you control the universe and you open your eye. And with that, the clouds above you open as well. And there is a break in the storm and a beam of light comes down from the afternoon sun and shines on Nordia, the town in front of you, as the storm pulls away and the winds clear up. Gable, you, having very recently felt that phantom limb hang, and now having a few more feathers on your shoulder than you previously did, understand that a minor miracle has just occurred, and someone has broken the storm. As... The world clears in front of you, and I think maybe even a hint of a rainbow comes to hang over Nordia. And that's session, folks. Ah. Nordia. Did I go through all that for nothing, then? What? The bio break? (laughs) No, no, no. Changing into a half, half dog. Oh, no, no, no. Without you, you wouldn't have a guide sail, so you'd still be listing and kind of crashing into the ground. You're welcome. Boy, Janet's like a little baby god. I love that, but I'm also like, oh, baby god, it's it's, it's big responsibility. Baby god's a big <laughs> so strong. Such a strong boy. You're going to owe the river, and that's going to be, oh, boy, I'm very excited. It's a doodle. Uh, especially the, the river is going to make you have to do something very not smart. Horny. Hmm. <sighs> Man. A-B-H. Always be horny. Uh, we return once again to the long line of prospective applicants on the ground oh, okay. in front of the skyship. <laughs> okay, next applicant, please get on a bird and fly up here from the ground <laughs> to the ship. We'll be seeing you now. A short, stocky, bald man uh, who appears to be very heavy set with tan skin, hairy arms, and like a wild crown of uh, hair that surrounds his bald patch. Flies up on a sparrow that uh, looks very beleaguered and tired as it drops him down. He makes his way over to the table and drops off his headshot and resume. Hello. Hello there. Okay. Oh. I I see that uh, you are interested in uh, joining up with the uh, famous crew of the Uhuru. Go ahead and state your name and your deal. Yeah, I'm interested in uh, uh, joining the crew of the Uhuru, so to speak. So, uh, my name and my so deal sort of go hand in hand. Okay, well, uh, lay it on us. They call me the bird perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. We do already okay. have one of those. Pretty sure we do. We're all At bird perverts one. in our own way. <laughs> well, you've never met a bird pervert like me because I am in the middle. Of, this is a, a research that I'm doing for a, a, a stage play that I'm drafting. So, uh, so then you're not really me? a bird pervert. You're just... I No, I... Tri- sir... I am a bird pervert. I have developed digital feather technology that I will be drafting onto a a huge cast of singing and dancing birds that will one by one introduce themselves to the audience uh, with their own solo song. And you'd think, God, there are a lot of birds in this movie. Uh, We can't possibly have a song for each individual one, but we do. And each one is hornier than the last. Um, All right. You're hired. Yeah. You've got it. Yeah. Sir, I'm going to extend my hand, and I'm going to expect you to shake it. Oh, I wouldn't touch him. Because you're hired. I wouldn't touch him. Jonathan. Don't don't Uh, you do it. Okay. I I will shake the hand, but I'll warn you, my hand is... Very damp with liquids. Ew. Uh, 
Uh, sir, I'm gonna I'm gonna just exchange uh, one solitary uh, nod at you. Please just return it and know that you're hired. All righty. Just so yeah. I'm excited. Oh, even right. the nod was perverted. Oh, he's still. Oh, it's the longest nod I've ever seen. Thinking about. Sorry, I was thinking about cloacas. Oh. I just think it's really. That's how I pronounce it. It's brave, <laughs> so honestly. That we have so many times where we don't know what people's deals are. To someone to come out and say, "This is my thing. I want to tell everyone about it," and you guys won't have to struggle for five minutes to figure it out. It's just really refreshing, and I just want to commend you for it. It's nice. It it is nice. Well, I'm I'm so happy to be around the ship. I'll be looking at various members of the crew, uh, drawing them in my own artistic <laughs> style that makes everyone an extremely horny bird version of themselves. Well, I'm gonna go ahead should. and just ask that I am off of this list. You're, I'm just gonna yes, go request ahead. Take, I am off limits. Take John uh, off. There. It's okay. I will keep you off the list, but I will keep this stopwatch here that I have set times. Your 18th birthday. Disgusting. At which point I will draw a picture of you as an extremely horny bird. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When did you make this stopwatch? Because it is still it's been running for a while. There's a lot of sand in the bottom. And okay, um Wait, does he have one for uh, each of us to, my, to know yeah, when it was open, okay? Open your long trench coat all the way. No, no. <laughs> now now my horny friend. Uh I have I have uh, something you might find quite delectable. Find <clears throat> find yes. me on the ship at sundown for a treat. A real treat. <laughs> well, all right then. I will bring my pen and paper. From one I... from one goopy fellow to another. I like the bird pervert because he knows when we all were born, I assume. And based on his clocks of knowing when we turn 18, also probably when we're going to die. Could we, could, Gable, yes? could we just get a, a clean take of, I like the bird pervert? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <clears throat> I like the bird pervert. Oh, thank you. Do you, you. want That's that again? Uh, one more time. I like the bird yeah. pervert. Uh, one more time. Sorry, I, I was that muddied that up a little bit. Go ahead. I like the bird pervert. <laughs> okay. Thank and you. can we do it one more time? Uh, I, Gable, like the bird pervert? I, Gable, of the podcast Campaign Skyjacks, like the bird pervert. And now maybe make up a silly name like Liz Anderson. Oh, that was a very silly name. I, Liz Anderson, who plays Gable on the podcast Campaign Skyjacks, like the bird pervert. Okay, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Living for that bird pervert. Oh. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. The history of role-playing games is weird and wild, and we here at System Mastery are determined to look through it all. Every heartbreaker that drove a man to bankruptcy to see his vision of D&D with really specific armor maintenance rules come to fruition. Every game where you get increasingly certain as you read it that this is all just one person's weird fetish. Every system that painstakingly recreates how many life was really like and then also you can cast fireball the system mastery podcast wallows in the filth of rpg history come join us in the muck at system mastery you can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com Jonat kessler was played by tyler davis who can be found on twitter and instagram at tyler a dave gable was played by liz anderson who can be found on twitter at liz anderson underscore 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 or on her podcast Paired. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A R N E 
P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. For our friends ne'er to rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the skies